Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast that brings you the headlines of the day with the help of our correspondents from around the world. I'm Tian Yu. Coming up in this edition, record high temperatures are engulfing various parts of the world, leaving countries sweltering under persistent heat waves. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky says grain exports should continue despite Russia's withdrawal from the Black Sea grain deal. And former U.S. President Donald Trump says he expects to be indicted in connection with the Capitol riot in January 2021. We start in Europe. Record-breaking high temperatures are being experienced in various parts of the world, leaving countries sweltering under persistent heat waves. Every day since the first week of July, the planet's average temperature has been higher than the previous 2016 record. Weather experts say this is being driven in part by extreme heat waves in the United States, Europe, and China. Wildfires in Greece, Italy, and Spain have forced thousands of people to leave their homes. The World Meteorological Organization says the heat wave in the northern hemisphere is set to intensify this week. Giles Gibson has more. The regional weather service for Lazio, which includes the city of Rome, has said that the city's record for the highest temperature ever recorded has been broken. The previous record standing at 40.7 degrees Celsius. The authorities in the city had been urging residents and tourists to stay indoors. During the hottest part of the day, and we also had calls from trade unions asking for construction sites to be shut down, but those calls appear to have gone unheeded.、Uh, the other group that the authorities were very concerned about was tourists.、Uh, meanwhile,、uh, climate scientists were watching the south of Italy very closely to see, at this peak of this heat wave, to see if the record for Europe would potentially be broken. The other thing that's really concerning authorities here in Italy is that temperatures, having gone through this peak, are not going to suddenly drop off a cliff. Here in Rome, for example, we are set to have temperatures well into the high 30s for at least another week or so. That was Giles Gibson reporting. Meantime, hundreds of firefighters in Greece are still battling wildfires that are approaching the capital. Italy and France have sent planes to help put out the fires. The European Union is also sending additional resources to Greece to assist in firefighting efforts. Evangelist Epsas has more. It's not burning in low vegetation. It's burning in a pine forest, so it's making it very much difficult for the authorities and the firefighters to go into the area because it's thick uh, uh, forest. So、um, so far, we have very high winds, and it's causing a lot of headaches because、uh, even the helicopters and the planes that are flying overhead to put out the fire. Cannot see due to the thick smoke. Now we're talking about of a, a fire front that is close to 15 kilometers long.、Uh, number of people have been evacuated. More than five communities in the area had to be evacuated. A number of、uh, animals as well. And unfortunately, we、uh, saw ourselves few houses and、uh, factories being burned. Vehicles are going by. A number of firefighters. Now there's another fire that is. Just、uh, about 200-300 meters, just、uh, behind us. That's another fire front. So anywhere you turn your head, fire fronts are happening because of these difficult winds. That was Evangelist Sipsas in Greece. Still in Europe, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky says grain exports should continue despite Russia's withdrawal from the Black Sea grain deal.
Kyiv says it will find alternative safe routes for the ships transporting food. The United Nations also says there are a number of ideas being floated to help get Ukrainian and Russian grain and fertilizers to global markets. Louis Greenwood reports. Russia is suspending participation, saying it hasn't received safeguards for its own agricultural exports. But Ukraine's president says Moscow's withdrawal shouldn't mean the end of the wider arrangement. Everyone has the right to stability. Africa has a right to stability. Asia has a right to stability. Europe has every right to stability. And therefore, we must all care about security. There's been widespread condemnation of Russia's exit from the deal. Humanitarian groups say that since it began a year ago, it's ensured vital food supplies to countries in desperate need. Now, as Moscow quits, the price of wheat and corn has jumped. Meanwhile, Ukraine's main Black Sea ports of Odessa and Mykolaiv were targeted in a wave of overnight attacks. Moscow described it as mass revenge strikes for what President Vladimir Putin called a terror attack on Crimea's Kerch Bridge on Monday. This crime is senseless. From a military point of view, it has no significance, since the Crimean bridge has not been used for military transportation for a long time. Turkey, which is a signatory to the Black Sea Grain Deal, along with the United Nations, also insists that the initiative is salvageable. President Erdogan, currently on a trip to the Gulf, says he'll discuss the matter with Vladimir Putin next month, when the Russian president visits Turkey. That was Louis Greenwood reporting. In the Americas, at least 14 people have been killed in central Colombia after heavy rains caused a landslide. Rescue workers, including the Colombian army, are searching for about 20 people believed to be missing. Michelle Beggy reports from Bogota. The tragedy happened in the early hours of Tuesday morning in the rural municipality called Ketama. The landslide destroyed everything in its path and led to the closure of the major highway that connects Bogota with the city of Villavicencio, just hours away from here. The heavy rains in this central Andes mountainous region have caused a lot of damage to informally constructed homes that are typical in this mountainous communities. Officials have been recovering bodies buried under mud and debris from collapsed buildings, but many people are still missing. Because of the overflowing of the Rio Negro, debris caused a lot of houses to collapse. A lot of people died and many more remain missing. That is why we are putting together a specialized team that can help in this situation. According to the Brigade for Assistance and Prevention of Disasters, around 80 soldiers have been deployed along with excavation machines. Some of the images you see here show the major highway closed down by the mudslide. The president of Colombia, Gustavo Petro, is currently in Europe attending the summit between Latin American countries and the European Union. He tweeted his condolences to families in the stricken area and said this disaster demonstrates how urgent it is for local Colombian officials to do better jobs managing the construction of buildings near water. That was Michelle Beggy reporting from Colombia. Former U.S. President Donald Trump says he expects to be indicted in connection with the January 6th Capitol riot. Trump announced on his social media platform that he has been informed by Special Prosecutor Jack Smith that he is a target of a grand jury probe. 
If charged, the indictment would be Trump's third court case for alleged criminal offense after the 37 counts over his handling of classified documents. Trump has also been charged with falsifying business records in a 2016 case of allegedly paying hush money to an adult film star. Niza Sodad Perez reports. Former U.S. President Donald Trump said he got a letter from special counsel Jack Smith stating that he's a target of a grand jury investigation into his efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election, which effectively means he may soon be charged. And if he is, it would be his third indictment. Trump's former White House lawyer says Smith's notification is a serious development. It, it shows that there is, some, there is a degree of legal jeopardy coming in the direction of the former president. And that's always serious for anybody who receives a target letter. So I, I do think, you know, it's something that needs to be taken seriously. Uh, perhaps an indictment is on its way. Trump did not publish a letter, and the Office of the Special Counsel declined to comment. Trump's legal team has yet to formally respond to the invitation to testify before the grand jury, which the letter provides, but it's largely expected that Trump will decline to appear. His Republican allies rushed to his defense, saying he's being unfairly targeted, despite not having seen any of the allegations. Well, I guess uh, under a Biden administration, Biden America, you'd expect this. If you notice recently, President Trump went up in the polls and was uh, actually surpassing President Biden for re-election. So what do they do now? Weaponize government to go after their number one opponent. It's time and time again. Many Democrats welcome the news. There's little doubt that former President Trump was very specifically and granularly involved in trying to overturn the results of the legitimate presidential election that he lost. Meanwhile, on Tuesday, Trump's defense attorneys and federal prosecutors appeared in Fort Pierce, Florida, before a U.S. federal judge presiding over charges that he mishandled classified information and obstructed justice. The judge, a Trump appointee, did not seem inclined to begin a trial in December, yet appeared hesitant to the defense's argument that the former president cannot get a fair trial while running for the presidency. That was Nitsa Sodad Perez reporting. In Africa, UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres has called for action to build a better world in his message to mark the Nelson Mandela International Day. The day is celebrated on July the 18th as a tribute to the late South African statesman's 67 years of service to humanity. It was officially declared by the United Nations in 2009. Yulissa Nyamela reports on how the day was observed in South Africa. Mandela Day encourages everyone to take time out of the day to do something for someone or for their community. With the theme for Mandela Day this year being climate, food and solidarity, the Nelson Mandela Foundation and its South African partners helped an impoverished community in Dipslut in Johannesburg by planting trees and a community garden. Today, poverty, hunger, and inequality are on the rise. Countries are drowning in debt. The climate crisis is destroying the lives of those who have done the list to cause it. And our unfair and outdated international financial system is not fulfilling its function as a global safety net. We have it in our power and in our hands to solve each of these problems. So, as we commemorate Nelson Mandela's life and legacy, let us be animated by his spirit of humanity, dignity, and justice. The foundation says it recognizes that urgent action must be taken to combat the climate crisis and thereby ensure continued food security. 
A number of trees were added here in a project that started about a year ago. The community garden has already benefited a number of people in the Dipsloot community. When we started here, it was a bare land. It was just the land. And we had, it, we had to take it from that to what it is today. And my message to everybody, the youth and everybody, is let's make every day a Mandela Day. And so sometimes it's just buying somebody a packet of seeds. The Nelson Mandela Foundation says it will continue to work with communities to plant trees, the majority of which being fruit trees, and to resource a number of community gardens across the country. That was Yulissa Nyamela reporting from South Africa. Before we go, here's a recap of the top stories. Record high temperatures are engulfing parts of the world, leaving countries sweltering under persistent heat waves. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky says grain exports should continue despite Russia's withdrawal from the Black Sea grain deal. And former U.S. President Donald Trump says he expects to be indicted in connection with the January 6th U.S. Capitol riot. And that concludes this edition of The Top Story a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tian Yu. Thank you for listening.